You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, we're going to be continuing with our series of shirim, Living the Future and the Present, and I believe this is the third shir in the series. We've taken uh, far too long of a break, and, and Be'ezras Hashem, we're going to get back into it. We're going to get right back into it. And this was not a planned shir within the series, but because it's close to Yom Kippur, there was one nekuda that I wanted to speak about in relationship to the possibility of living the future in the present and how it can affect us, most importantly, on the level of avoida, to come away with something not simply speculative, but rather something that we can actually engage in when it comes to the avoida of Yom HaKadosh, the avoida of that one day, that singular day of the year, which stands outside of the trajectory of calendar time and actually comes from the future, giving us a taste of the future itself. On Yom Kippur, the Chamisha Inuyim, the, the five ways in which a person is forced to refrain from physical pleasure, no eating, no drinking, no Tash Meshamita, no Sicha, no Ni'ila Sasandal, those five Inuyim are typically seen as a way of undoing the prowess of the body, of allowing the Neshama to take its rightful place as owner over the twin camps of the soul, the Nefesh of Bahamas and the Nefesh of the Kus. We make the body unconscious, we don't give in to the body, thereby elevating and magnifying the capacity of the soul. And the pain, the inui, the suffering associated with not eating and not partaking is typically seen as a kapara of sorts. It's typically seen as the key, as the method to being zeicha bedin on Yom HaKippurim. But what's very important to take note of is that the notion that suffering of the body, that the abject way of treating the body by ignoring it, not eating, not drinking, not engaging, is certainly not what Chazal saw as the way that we engaged in Yom HaKippurim. It was not a day of fasting in the sense that the fast or the suffering of the fast represents the main way of engaging the day, because what we have is this remarkable time, which is tomorrow as well. Tomorrow is Erev Yom HaKippurim, and Chazal have told us that if you want to understand the power of what it means to fast on Yom Kippur, then understand the power of what it means to eat on Erev Yom Kippur almost aligning, as Rav Tzadok HaKoyin Meleblin points out very powerfully, Erev Yom Kippur and Yom Kippur itself as two halves of a singular whole, one is engaged by with refraining from food, and one is engaged by by partaking in food. Almost as if to show, don't think for a second that the purpose of the day is to suffer by not eating food, because you can accomplish everything that you do by fasting by partaking in food as well. So Chazal were hinting to us, the Torah HaKadosh is hinting to us, that this is not ultimately about suffering, but rather doing whatever it is that we have to do on that day with intentionality. And so the question becomes, what is 
the day about? What are these inuyim about? What does it mean to no longer partake in food? What does it mean to allow the body to, to lay dormant, to not engage in the body? And one of the things that we have to work with is that the Tikkun Zohar, the Tikkun Zohar in Tikkun Chaf Aleph looks at the inuy of Yom HaKippurim, it looks at the suffering of Yom Kippur, and it says that in the future, there's going to be a hipuch of the inoy of Yom Kippur, the pain of Yom Kippur into ta'anud. And so it's not going to be ta'anu es nafsho seichem, that you should cause your soul to suffer, but rather it's going to be transformed as ta'anugu es nafsho seichem, that you should find pleasure. This goes directly in line with another statement of the Tikkun Zohar, that Yom HaKippurim is simply Kippurim, that in truth, the pleasure of the body that we encounter in Purim <coughs> is the ideal way of engaging with HaKadosh Baruch Hu by experiencing. And Yom HaKippurim and its disallowance of partaking in the physical pleasures of the body is simply a temporary experience. But ideally, we should be able to find Ta'anug HaGuf. We should be able to uncover a pleasure. Zaktet Tzadikim, especially the Mitlareba of Lababich, that in truth, there is a way of experiencing the fasting on Yom Kippur as if one were actually experiencing the pleasure of eating. Because the Pasuk tells us that when the Jewish people are suffering, when the Jewish people are in a state of famine, so the Pasuk, the Navi comes along to tell us that God is going to come and give us sustenance to remove us from our hunger. Don't read that as coming to satisfy our hunger from within the famine as if the hunger is the negative thing and the movement away from the hunger is the relief, but rather read it as follows, the to give them life through the ra'av itself, that the hunger, the refraining, the abstinence, the abstaining from whatever physical pleasure that we want to engage in, in truth, that is the fullest expression of a pleasure that is so deep that it can't be experienced any way other by the negation of all other types of pleasures. That just as Hashem is so big, we can't say anything positive about the assertions of what God is, because that would be limiting. So too, when it comes to the pleasures of the guf on Yom HaKippurim, the pleasure available to us on this day is so deep that it can't be expressed in any other way other than by refraining from something. That the refrain, the movement away from partaking, the recognition that there is nothing in this world that can satisfy the true hunger of my soul is in and of itself the sustenance that the soul desires. This is why Rav Tzadak HaKohen Melublin points out that all of the agaratos about man, about lechem and hashmayim, the food that is not food, but a sustenance that comes from elsewhere, are found in Meseches Yoma, because Yoma represents the ability to partake of a spiritual pleasure that offers sustenance. So Zat the Mitlareb Alach Yoysim Barav means that I find life through not engaging. I am now no longer living in the reality of my body where it needs to partake in the way that it typically partakes, but I'm allowing myself to taste of a future light where I will no longer need such physical pleasures. Now, it's not about the suffering, but it's about recognizing that we can push ourselves ever so slightly further than what we typically assume we can push ourselves to do. That as the tzaddikim point out, the more inoy that we feel in the nefesh, the more intense the experience of Yom Kippur becomes. Not because there's 
abject suffering, God forbid, but because what we're recognizing is that the thing that we want is so great that there's no physical object in reality that can ever come close to satisfying it other than nothing. And so by refraining from engagement, <coughs> we are in truth descending into the ethsem of the day itself. In the back of Ner Mitzvah Torah Or from the Mitla Rebbe, and Shar Yuchud, Rafil Parachers, has uh, a long, miraculous commentary on Shar Yuchud from the Mitla Rebbe. But in one of the places where he references the idea of Yom Kippur, he explains exactly what we're saying. He says as follows. That Yom Kippur is referred to as the Shabbos of all Shabbos. That on a regular Shabbos, a person partakes where all there is is a certain taste or a hint of the future. But on Yom Kippur, what we experience is mamish, an experience of the future itself, where we experience the hidden pleasure associated with the expression of godliness in this world. And this is experienced from the tshuva that emerges from the essence of the self, from the depth of the heart, which is the essence itself. Above and beyond the Shem Havaya. We're trying to access a place that can't ever even be expressed. And because this day is rooted in the future, to such a degree where we're experiencing the concealed pleasure of what it means to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu ayin ba'ayin, kol It's for this reason, because the day is rooted in the future, a future pleasure that is so deep it can't be felt in any physical vessel, this is why we're no longer allowed to engage in any physical pleasures on Yom Kippur. Why? Because there's an expression and a revelation of the essence of the infinite light, so to speak, which is the source of all spiritual and physical pleasures. There is no physical pleasure down here that is a strong enough vessel to receive the influx of the spiritual pleasure, which is except for the complete opposite of pleasure, which is non-pleasure. And it's the non-pleasure that we experience, which is actually the vessel for a future pleasure that is so deep that I can't even feel it. So that's the avoid of the tzaddikim, to eat the tefillah, to find the or of oineg within the day of Yom HaKippurim. But the Rebbe Ravichamayoshlita asks a question. He says, what about the rest of us? What about the rest of us who can't taste that future light? We can't taste that future light of the ta'anu karuchani that emerges when a person refrains from engaging in anything physical to experience the future taste of that which is so deep it can't be felt. So the Rebbe says as follows, when a person can no longer find themselves in that spiritual awareness of the pleasure that comes about by refraining and not engaging and no longer listening to my body as the sole voice, but rather listening to my soul. So when a person doesn't feel anything, says the Rebbe, that a person is entering now into a place that is above feeling. And we've spoken about this numerous times in our shirim on the Torah of the unfelt pleasure becoming felt, but the Avoida is as follows. 
when a person finds themselves in a state of unconscious, unfeeling struggle and difficulty, and there's such an overwhelming presence of suffering, at that moment, a person closes their eyes and they say, just as in the future, the pleasure and the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to be so big and so unfathomably infinite that I am not going to be able to feel anything because it's going to be all saturating, because the essence can't be felt, only expression can be felt, expression can be grasped, expression can be held, but it can't be felt. So too in this moment, on Yom Kippur, when I'm tasting of that future, let me own the fact that I feel absolutely nothing. Let me lean into the fact that I don't feel the pleasure of Yom Kippur, that all I feel is the Inwe HaGuf. And in that place of not feeling anything, let me remind myself that what I'm tapping into is the essence, the essence which is beyond time, beyond taste, beyond experience. And in that moment of difficulty, I can close my eyes and say, I can't feel Yom Kippur the way that Sadiq can feel it. But I know that in the future, things are going to be so real and so overflowing and so ever-present that I'm not going to be able to feel it then either. As the tzaddikim referred to as the tainu kane'elam, as that concealed pleasure that is too great, the body doesn't have room for it. So too right now on Yom Kippurim, where I don't feel anything and all I want to do is not be fasting and all I want to do is not be doing what I'm doing in that moment when I lean into not feeling something, I drag the light of the future into the present moment and I can experience the ta'anuk that is so deep that I don't even know that I'm experiencing it. And so it's not about us doing the avoida of the tzaddikim it's not about us trying to pretend that I'm taking pleasure in the fast itself, but rather truly being human, feeling the difficulty of the hunger, feeling the difficulty of the tightness, feeling the difficulty of this worldliness, and recognizing that it's the difficulty and the lack of experience and the lack of taste and the, the lack of feeling that is the greatest receptacle possible for holding that infinite light that is so deep and so large and so vast and so beyond any description that it feels like mamish nothing that the lowercase nothing of the experience of Yom Kippur, where I don't feel anything, becomes the receptacle that can hold the capital and nothing of that future light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is descending into the world at every single moment. But again, like we said, the Avoida is to make this practical. The Avoida is to make it practical, and that's what we're going to try and do. The Rebbe, Ravichemeyer Morgenstern, brings a question down. He says, based on the poiskim and based on the Mephorshim, there's a stira, there's a distinction between the typical laws of tshuva and the tshuva of Yom HaKippurim. That bederech klal, in accordance with the Rambam and the poiskim with regards to tshuva, tshuva is comprised of the three part process. There's something called aziva sachet, leaving behind the behavior that we find that we're self-stuck in. There is harata, the regret that we feel over that engagement with that behavior. And there is kabbalah la'asid, acceptance upon ourselves in the future to maintain abstinence from said behavior. And b'derach cloud, those three elements of tshuva are necessary in order to accomplish tshuva. But Ravichemeyer Morgenstern Shlita points out that when it comes to Yom Kippur, when it comes to the experience of Yom Kippur, the first two elements of tshuva are necessary. I need aziva sachet. I need to leave behind the unwanted behavior. I need to let go of that unwelcomed baggage in my life. I also need harata. I need to be able to identify what I've done with something regrettable as it not being the essence of who I am. But what seems to be missing what is occluded from the scene is the necessity of Kabbalah la'asid. On Yom Kippur, there's no inherent necessity to accept upon myself what I'm going to do in the future. And Zak the Rebbe, because HaKadosh Baruch is Baruch in Levavos, and in that moment on Yom Kippur, the future is already present. 
when I decide on Yom Kippur that what I want is kirvas aleikem litov, that I want you, Hashem. I want to come closer to you, Hashem. I don't want anything else. I don't want any distractions. I don't want the Avedis Pesamikdash. I don't want Olam Haza. I don't want Olam Haba. I don't want Kaneid and Elyon or Tachton. I just want you. I just want the Kaidish HaKadoshim. When a person comes to that place and they can feel that type of kirva takadish parahu, the deepest part of their soul that is revealed only on Yom Kippur, the Yechidah Shabbanefesh, the singularity of the self, which is revealed in the singularity of the place and the singularity of time, Yom Kippur, Kodesh HaKadoshim, the deepest part of our souls, in that moment, Hashem no longer has to look towards what we're going to do in the future, because the future is now. And if I make a decision that I don't want to be the same way I was, or I want to move forward, even though I can't claim that it's going to be true for the future, on Yom Kippur, it's true because the future is now. And so I don't need that Kabbalah Asid. I don't have to accept upon myself that I will never return back to what I've done. Because right here, right now, in this moment itself, without giving any credence to the past or the future, I am here right now and everything is here right now. And all of history and all of eternity and all of my experiences are folded into this moment. And Hashem is boichin levavos to realize that even without Kabbalah Asid, I can still claim that it's a true tshuva. Because any chait and any chisaron and any transgression and any failure that we experience is accidental, it's, circum, it's circumstantial. When I decide on Yom HaKippurim that I want to move towards X, Y, or Z, I want to take this upon myself in whatever way, that is the true expression of myself. Ah, the day after Yom HaKippurim, it falls away. The day after everything else, it falls away. What does that have to do with what I accepted upon myself on Yom HaKippurim? In the realm of addiction, this is something that happens very often. People lose their minds in the realm of addiction because you can be speaking to somebody in the state of addiction and you can be reading them the riot act and they can have encountered all of the consequences that come along with addiction and substance abuse. And in that moment, they say they truly never want to return back to their substance of choice. And then the next moment they leave your office and they relapse and they fall back into using the same substances. And many people become frustrated because they say, here's a liar in front of me. It's a person who says one thing once and then goes and does another thing. But what's very important to understand when you're dealing with anybody who struggles of any sort, it's not that they're lying. In the moment that they say they don't want to do something, the person mamish means they don't want to do it. And in that moment, if you were to be and to say, is this something that is going to happen again in the future? The person would say, absolutely not. I have Kabbalah Asid. Ah, but the next moment they go back and they do something. The next moment we go back and we do something that we said we would never do. That doesn't take away the fact that I had a Kabbalah in the previous moment that I truly didn't want to engage in that behavior anymore. Reality happens. The circumstances of our lives happen. They take us away from our mind. We become insane again. But that insanity does not take away or uproot the sanity that we felt in the deepest moments of ourselves. So on Yom HaKippurim, when the future is present, there is no need for Kabbalah Asid because the Atid, the future, is collapsed into the present moment itself. The question is, how do we do this? when we're caught up in the difficulty of the fast, how do we live that future in the present moment of Yom Kippur when the body feels like it's the hardest thing in the world? When if only we could drink water, if only we could do one thing, then we can serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When we're so distracted by the, the noise of the body and the expectations of the flesh. So how do we do this? So there's a very interesting thing that happens in the history of publications, especially in Svarim HaKadoshim, where we view everything about the Sefer as omnisignificant, where everything is significant. Rav Tzadak HaKoyen Me Leblin, 
Rav Yonis and Eibshitz in the in his Karti Upalti, his they focused on even the simonim, even the numbers and arrangements of Dafim and Gemara, or why a simon in the Shulchan Aruch was this. They felt that it was important enough to darshan it. The omnisignificance of a text means that not only is the content important, not only is the author important, but the framework of the text and the printing history of the text, all of it is important, especially when a tzaddik says that they're burying themselves in the text. So that brings us to Lukut Maran, the Sefer HaKadosh Lukut Maran. In Lukut Maran, and you find this in other svarim as well, when they enumerate their teachings, they were very careful to not allow uh, an enumeration of a teaching to spell out a negative word. So for example, when we come to the 272nd teaching of Lakuta Maran, so technically speaking, it should be Reish Ayin Beis, 272. But because the word Reish Ayin Beis spells out hunger or a famine or the suffering that comes by not engaging with the pleasures of the body. So the Tzadikim, the Talmidim didn't want that to be in the Sefer. So they transformed it into Ayin Reish Beis, which means Arev, which means pleasantness. And so within the heading of the teaching, there's a transformation of the ra'ev, the ra'av, the ra'avon, the hunger, the desire of the body. And there's a transformation into arev, a pleasantness. And ultimately that's the question of Yom HaKippurim. How can I transform the present nature of ra'avon, of hunger, into the future orientation of arevus, of, of pleasantness? Now, theoretically, if the Sefer is telling us something, then if these letters can be reversed from hunger into pleasantness, from ra'av into arvus, from hunger into pleasantness, so then theoretically, theoretically, the teaching itself is going to give us some insight as to how to taste the future and the present on Yom HaKippurim. And thankfully, that is exactly what happens. Because what Rabbi Nachman says in the 272nd teaching of Lakut Maran, in that teaching that is truly a teaching of hunger, but it's a teaching of transforming hunger into pleasantness. As if to say, you want to know how to transform the hunger that you feel in this moment into a feeling of pleasantness where you can find HaKadosh Baruch Hu in it, because that difficulty is representative of the fact that in the future, the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be so big and so great that there's no physical vessel that can contain it. So then we can follow the lesson of Rabbi Nachman in this teaching of Ayin Reish Beis, which is the transformation of Reish Ayin Beis, transforming hunger into pleasantness. Rabbi Nachman says as follows in the 272nd teaching. Hayom in Bakolo Tishma'u. Today, today, if you call out to my voice and if you listen to my voice, this is a general rule when it comes to the service of God, that a person should not place in front of themselves anything but today. Whether it's with regards to physical matters and my physical needs, it is important that I don't place anything in front of me other than today, and I pay no attention from today till tomorrow or from today to yesterday, as is explained in the writings. And so too with the service of God, an individual cannot place in front of themselves anything but today and anything but this moment. Because when a person wants to enter into the gates of Avodah Hashem, when a person wants to begin the process of serving God, it appears to the individual as if the burden of serving God and the future orientation, the Kabbalah La'asid of serving God, is far too heavy for us to carry. And it's impossible for me to carry a burden like this. But when a person thinks only about today and only about this moment, it's not going to be a burden whatsoever. And a person is also not going to allow themselves to procrastinate from one day to another to say, tomorrow I'm going to begin because tomorrow is a completely new reality. This is what it means that today, if you listen to my voice, today specifically, 
So what we find is that the answer to the question of how do we transform the hunger of Reish Ayin Beis, of Ra'ev, of Ra'av, of Ra'avon, that pain of experiencing the negation of the body, and how do we transform it into the Arvus, the pleasantness of experiencing nothing, of feeling nothing and realizing that that is the deepest expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's through being present in the moment itself. On Yom HaKippurim, the day is long, the tefillahs are long, what a person needs to be able to do is center themselves in the moment, one moment after another. Hineni, Rabbi I am here right now in front of you. Do I want to be here? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes I'll say I'm the luckiest person in the world. Sometimes I'll say I'm the most unlucky person in the world, depending on my mood on this day. But here I am standing in front of you, whether I'm lying down in a bed not feeling well, or whether I'm davening in front of you in shul, I am here right now with you, Rabbi Nishalayim. And in each and every moment, in each and every moment of Yom Akim, Purim, we have the ability to close our eyes, to quiet down the noise, to quiet down the distractions, and to identify with the innermost point of ourselves, which is the Kodesh HaKadoshim, for one moment. The entirety of Yom HaKippurim is a big farce. It's a big play. We're distracting the Satan the entire day. The entire avoid of the Beis HaMikdash, the memory of the avoid of the Beis HaMikdash, the Korbanos, all of it, the Sir Azazel, everything, the Alchets, it's all one big stage and it's all one big play to distract the negative forces in our lives and in reality from overwhelming us and losing hope. The entire day is a day of distraction to allow for one singular thing, which is one moment in the Kodesh HaKadoshim with the Rabbi Nishleilam. One moment of identifying the innermost point of our hearts with the innermost point of reality, with what it is that I truly want. And like we said, I might not be able to identify what it is that I truly want. There might not be words or vessels to carry what it is that I want, but I know that I'm touching it when I can close my eyes and feel that vulnerability for one moment. That's the tachlis to be here right now, incremental moments, achas, achas v'achas, achas v'shtayim, achas v'shalosh, one after another, one foot in front of the other, without expectations for grandiosity, without expectations for feeling hasagos or giluyim, which is not why we serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but rather simply the desire to have one moment. To have one moment of connectivity to your Shleilam. And in that one moment of connectivity where I feel nothing, where I feel mamish nothing, in that moment, if I can close my eyes deep enough, I can come to understand I can come to realize that this is exactly what the Rabbana Shalom wants from me. He wants me to be here right now. And that's what we want from HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. We want him to be here right now for us. And in that moment, when we get through all of the distractions, we can transform the Ra'avon, the hunger, that Reish Ayin Beis, into the Arvus, into the pleasantness, which leads us to the Simcha of Sukkis and allows us to mamish begin to taste the future and the present moment, Bezrus Hashem. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.